Over the summer, we are going to be dipping into the stories of quite a few Old Testament characters. Um, the lectionary does that, but I've bungled it a little bit in terms of following the lectionary. So we're going to be, it's not going to be in, in a good sequence. We're going to have different characters each week. They're all going to be from the Old Testament. Um, just the narratives of the Old Testament are wonderfully rich. And to hear the story of other people's lives is always so interesting and helpful. Um, with their failings and their successes and just everything out there. So helpful for us to put the stories of our lives alongside that and listen to see what God is saying about God's story and our story and the connections that God wants to make. So we're starting that this week and we'll be characters and episodes of encounters with God in the Old Testament throughout the summer. Now this week, um, we, on Friday, um, we as a family go on holiday um, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, we're at the stage where, I've got the stage where I'm thinking I've got till Friday and I've got, I've got all this to do to clear my desk. You know how it is when you can have got holiday coming up. Oh my goodness, and suddenly the work of clearing your desk to get on holiday seems such a work. Oh, because you're going away for that period of time. You're tempted occasionally and it's a folly to think, what's the point of going on holiday? Now it's not that bad, but it, you know what I mean? There's so much stuff to deal with. The papers... If you've seen my desk, they're kind of like a bit lopsided and they're so big now they kind of slop around the place. I, I have to confess, I found an envelope that was unopened from, oh, at least a week, shall we say. I'd say, I'm happy saying that, that I'd forgotten about those caught under papers. You smile because I'm glad because I think you're like me in that we have such a lot of information bombarding us. What do you deal with first? Is it your mobile phone? Is it answering machine messages? Goodness, have we checked them recently? You know, somebody left us a message and we've missed it. Facebook, text messages, emails, newspapers. So therefore, the idea of when the post arrives, I just think, oh, there's no way. You know, they see the postman coming, I think, no, please, don't bring me any more stuff. I've got enough. We are bombarded with information. And all sorts of information. Such a wide variety of sources of information. Our six, well, he's seven now, but he was telling me, he's there at night, he said, Dad, read the blurb on the back of the book. Now, Jules, I was kind of like, the blurb on the back of the book? He was inviting me to read the blurb. Um, he's not great on the inside stuff, but he knew about the blurb on the back of the book. Bombarded with information. My other son is um, constantly singing jingles from TV advertising. Um, kind of disturbs me that. He does sing stuff that our music group play as well. I'm really pleased that he does that. Information and what's going in? What is going in? What are we absorbing? What are we surrounding ourselves with? What do we have access to? We have lots of information in this age. And yet, what is wisdom? where is wisdom? Where is what is really important? Sort of a fisherman in a small harbour who was sitting mid-morning, quietly by himself, peacefully looking out to sea. When along comes this well-dressed, enterprising businessman. And he looks at this fisherman and says, what are you doing around lazing around mid-morning? Come on. Couldn't you get, why aren't you fishing? The fisherman, somewhat a bit taken aback by the abruptness of this man, looked at him and said, well, 
I've, I've done my fishing. Um, I've taken my fish to market, and now I'm just sitting having a moment. But, said the businessman, why don't you go back out to sea again and catch more fish? But why would I want to do that, said the fisherman. Well, you'd make twice as much money, said the businessman. But why would I want to do that, said the fisherman. Well, in that case, you could build a bigger boat and catch even more fish. Tell you what, you could even employ people to do the fishing for you. My words, you get a whole fleet of boats if you weren't so lazy. Well, why would I want to do that? Well, if you owned a whole fleet of boats and employed other people to do their fishing, you would have as much money as you ever dreamed of. But why would I want that? Hey, well, in that case, you could spend the rest of your life just doing whatever you wanted to. Imagine just sitting, looking out to the sea peacefully. Jesus says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his soul? We live in a society that is forever telling us we don't have enough. How can we live by wisdom that is longer term, that's for the good of the planet, that's good for the good of our soul and for our community and our country? Who do you listen to for wisdom? The wisdom of Solomon, that's where this, that phrase comes from, and the, be- the beginning of where Solomon gets his wisdom from is in this episode that we read of in, in the Bible, where, where Solomon, in a dream, is asked by God what he wants. I wonder what you would say this week if God came and said, what do you want? Gary, what do you want? Just choose one thing. What would you want? More hours in the day? Sufficient, a bit more money. So I've got sufficient money, God. Um, Or the power to change a relationship. Just to get a wand and just change it. What would you ask God for? Solomon asked for wisdom so that he might administer justice. So that he might play his part in God's kingdom and be there for other people. In Solomon's age, being the king often meant you could do what you wanted to. It was an age of absolute power, absolute wealth, and oppression of others. And so it's really radical. Yes, there's other things you could say about Solomon, but I just want to hold on to that first bit of his story that's so encouraging, where Solomon chooses a different style of kingship. And as you see in verse 8, he counts himself as one of the people. He senses, yes, God has chosen him to be leader, but the authority rests with God. Two things that I want to highlight that come from this story. One, Solomon's humility. And secondly, Solomon's recognition that God is the ultimate source of authority. Where's the wisdom in this story itself, in this episode? I think the wisdom comes in that Solomon asks for help. That's so much part of wisdom. Think about that, men, when you're driving your car in the summer holidays and you're lost. And your wife says, we could ask somebody. When we're little, people need to lead us and help us. We are open to learning. 
listening to the correction of others continually. But it gets harder to listen to me open to that, doesn't it, as we go on. With the busyness of our life, although all that we have to do, how can I stop and listen to somebody else tell me what, you know, about things? Or to be corrected by somebody. Well, what do they know about my life? Perhaps us in the middle age are particularly bad at it. I wonder if you get older, it gets easier again to be corrected by somebody else. Are we humble enough to be corrected, to be lifelong learners, to continue to be open to be corrected, not just by our mothers or our fathers, but by other people. That's part of what wisdom is about, seeking wisdom, openness, listening, a listening heart. Solomon writes in Proverbs, pay attention when others correct you, then you are wise. And I'm so impressed and I find it so beautiful when you see an old person who is excited about that day and they're learning something new and they acknowledge that they didn't know something about that before and they've got something new. It's wonderful, isn't it? The ongoing grace of God. Second thing about Solomon is that he recognizes that this is God's world. His is the power and the glory, the earth and the heavens, time past and time future. From Solomon we discover that to stand in awe of God is the foundation of life. To stand in awe of God is the foundation of life. It's the, very, it's the right place from which we can see ourselves, the world, and others. Aberdeen University I went to, and I'm thrilled that a university has as its motto some verses from Psalm 100. And 11, also found twice in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So practically, what does this mean for us as we think about who we listen to for wisdom? As we look at being bombarded with information, Solomon asked for a listening heart. To listen with his heart and not just his ears. Listening is difficult enough with our ears, let alone with our hearts. (laughs) And it takes every fiber of my being to be attentive to the people that God brings into my life for a purpose. The circumstances of my life. To be attentive and note that and to reflect on that. To listen with my heart. Something about that if we're seeking God's wisdom and to live in God's way. Discernment, that's what we need in this age of information, isn't it? To discern the pure, the good stuff from all the stuff that's out there. How do we do that? Do we take time to do that? Do we recognize where we are? Do we look at God's picture, God's perspective? Do we see what we need to do next? And then do we have the courage and the ability to do something? final thing I want to, to leave you with, suggestion, is that this is part of our spiritual quest. I was saying the other week, we are to be spiritual people. In the Old Testament here, Solomon was looking to put into practice the law. And that was the height of the learning. It was very, the rabbinic laws Here's what they were, and he had to, one had to do them, to follow them to the letter. 
For us as Christians, we don't live under the law. And in 1 Corinthians, Paul reminds us that our wisdom is Christ crucified. The wisdom of God is most fully found in the person of Jesus Christ. Here we are again. That's a spiritual truth that we as Christians need to reflect on. As we look at Christ's life and see the wisdom with which he chose who to speak to, how to spend his time, how he felt about things, how he expressed himself. The wisdom of Jesus. And that Jesus' spirit would be in me, in you, in us, as we try and find our way around this myriad of possibilities in our lives and the information that we're bombarded with. That the spirit of Jesus, which was so clear about why he came and what he, did, what he had to do, would be also the clarity that we get. I read this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. We declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. Christ, the wisdom of God. Because we recognize that we will come at times where we find it difficult to follow the law. We will feel that we failed the law. But Christ, in his wisdom, loves us and shows us the way, is the way for us. Christ, the wisdom of God. Let's pray.